This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast, brought to you by the good people at Bet Rivers. Remember on the Bet Rivers Network, and for all your wagering needs. It's Bet Rivers in New York, in New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. Uh, a very tough day for the locals in, in, in a lot of ways uh, because there's losing and then there's just, you know, taking it to the solar plexus. I mean, getting just absolutely rocked. Uh, I would say that was the case for both teams, but for different reasons. With the Jets, you have a game that is a very unusual game. The win's a huge factor, which obviously impacted those uh, Patriot field goals attempts. The Jets could not move the ball at all against New England and with the wind in, in the second half. I mean, their offense was about as bad as an offense can be in the second half of the game. Uh, I'm not sure the Jets would have ever scored, to be honest with you, if we were out there in the month, the way things were going. Um, they were not even, you know, remotely changing things up or moving the ball in any way uh, or doing anything that even, you know, looked like they had an idea how they were going to move the ball. Because, you know, the one difference in the game was New England tried different things moved the ball in different ways. I mean, it had 300 yards of offense. It just had 100. And in the second half, it was one, two, three, punt, one, two, three, punt, as we know all day uh, until that final play. And it is my understanding as of right now, and I'm sure people are still feverishly researching, no one could find a game that went that deep into the game with neither team scoring a touchdown and then had a game-winning touchdown scored on the special teams, it doesn't seem like there was ever a game like that played in the history of the league. So this might have actually been something that had never happened before in the league. Uh, and we can get on the Jets for not being more careful. Clearly all the Pats were going to do would be take a knee and move on to overtime. We understand that. You can talk about kicking the ball out of bounds, directional kicking. Well, they tried the directional kick, but it got caught up in the wind, and it did not wind up where they hoped it would be. And the next thing you know, uh, a very dangerous returner returned it uh, a very long way for a touchdown to completely stun everybody in the building, uh, especially the Jets. So to have that kind of loss after that kind of performance. And, and let's be honest, here's where the Jets are right now. Here's where they are, okay? They still can't beat the Pats, we know. And that, and that stings. It stings in a very big way. There's no question about that. Um, they find themselves 
right now at the bottom of the division. Miami and Buffalo are seven and three. New England and the Jets are six and four. New England has a tiebreaker on the Jets because they beat them twice. Uh, they have a better conference record. They have a better division record, and they obviously beat them twice. Um, so the Jets are in last place in the division. Uh, it's just the way it goes right now. Now, with that being the case, what you have with this Jet team right now as we get into the, really the the run for the playoffs, and that's what begins with the Thanksgiving holiday. You are now in the stretch run. You are now in the stretch run. The Jets are a superior not okay, not dangerous, not pretty good. They are a superior defensive team. They have become one of the best defensive teams in the league. But they do not have an offense that approaches the same level. Their offense right now, especially having lost some key people, their offense is not up to that standard. Against a good defense, their quarterback is not up to that standard, and their play calling is not up to that standard. And that is something they are going to have to wrestle with starting next week against the soft defensive team in the Bears who lost again today. And the Bears can score, but they can't stop anybody. We know that. But first comes the Bears. And then, obviously, things get tougher from there. The Vikings, and take today aside, Vikings came off an incredible, emotional, tiring win and clearly had nothing in the tank today against the Cowboys. Got caught in between, and I don't know how they judged what they thought about Thursday night's game against New England and what they thought about today's game, but they were not ready in any way, physically or emotionally, for the Cowboys who just completely coming off a devastating loss, ate their lunch and played the perfect game. I mean, that, the Cowboys played the perfect game in every way on a 40-3 to win. They cannot play better. They cannot play better anywhere, on, uh, not on offense, not on defense, not anywhere. Can they play better? There's nothing they can do better than they did today. They got hit by a tornado today, and you just throw that out. But the Jets have got to find a way to get some offensive consistency and to believe that this quarterback can pull the trigger in a big spot and not give up the game and not throw the game away. And in the second half today, you had no confidence that he could do that. In today's game, you had zero confidence that he could in any way make a play or a handful of plays that would deliver this team where it needed to go. Nine for 22 for 70 yards, sacked four times, put a couple of balls up for grabs. The Jets today couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. They couldn't make any plays. The Pats made plays, but then got bogged down got sacked a lot by the Jets, who got six sacks today. Jets had some defenders who played superbly and continue to play superbly. I mean, they have some wonderful defensive players. And the offense is going to have to 
have to get up to a level where it can make enough plays to carry its part of this bargain if they're going to go anywhere the rest of the way. This was a brutal loss today. I think really what was lost in that, I'm going to tell you honestly, I thought what was lost today was the Jets covering the points there because I thought the Pats were going to kick a field goal in overtime. I never thought the Jets would. I thought the Pats would. I thought somewhere along the way the Pats would get a field goal in overtime and, and, and win the game there. That would be it. That's what, because I did not think, I thought we had reached the point where the Jets could not do anything offensively in the game. And that was not going to change against that Patriots defense. But it was a very, very tough loss in any way. But don't get into a whole lot about how they should have done this with the punt or that with the punt. The bottom line is they made a play. That's all. They made a play in overtime. You know, in, in the end of regulation. That's what it was. You know, it, it, it's an odd way for a game to end. You don't expect it to end that way. But again, they made a play. It was more about them being so inept on offense than anything else. And that, you know, remember, that touchdown goes against the defense statistically. It does not have anything to do with the defense. They weren't on the field. Special teams were on the field. But it's a loss, and again, it's a loss to the Pats, and the streak continues, and now we'll see where we go from here. As far as the Giants, listen, there were going to be games like this. The Giants have been winning by the slimmest of margins. They have been getting by by absolutely, absolutely the slimmest of margins. That's the bottom line. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what they have been doing. And when, you know, when they make a mistake, like Jones did, he didn't see Hutchinson drop back. Hutchinson made a nice interception. He didn't see him drop back into coverage. He never saw him. You can tell by the way he threw the ball, he never saw him. That turned the game around, and the Giants, let's be honest, from that point on, they were never in the game. Forget the cosmetic part of this game. This game was over in the third quarter. This game was over at 24-6. to six. That's all there is to it. It was over. It was a bad day. Forget this yardage because it's all misleading. A lot of it came in, in garbage time. Um, forget any of that stuff. Here's what you have to look at. The Giants have done a lot of this with excellent defensive coaching, excellent coaching overall by Dable and his staff, some smart play at times, some very, very clutch play from the defense at times, some big-time plays from Barkley and Jones at times, and they've been able to put forth the record they put forth so far. They're going into a very tough part of the schedule. 
The schedule they play the rest of the way is the hardest in the league. And now they are going to do it after being hurt by injuries the last couple of weeks and now riddled by injuries going into a game in Dallas against a team they've already lost to this year who they didn't match up with the first time, who they are going to have to piecemeal the offensive line together against a team that has an incredible pass rush that they couldn't handle the first time. They now have nothing in the way of a workable secondary, nothing in the way of a workable offensive line, injuries throughout the lineup, and they're going to play a lot of guys on a short week against a hot team that won 40-3 to today on the road in Minnesota, vindicated the loss, and realizes, as it's being sold right now, that if it can get past the Thanksgiving game and get 11 days off, they can make a run to the Super Bowl. That's what they're preaching. That's what they're selling in Dallas right now. Put the Giants away. Bury them on Thanksgiving. You get 11 days off, and nobody will catch us down the stretch. We'll have the, the Eagles are coming back to the pack. We can beat everybody in the NFC East. We just terrorized Minnesota. Green Bay's gone. Even though they beat us, they're gone. San Francisco is someone we can handle. Rams are gone. So, you know, Tom Brady's team is beat up. Maybe we'll have to play them down the road, but we'll worry about down the road. They're not, they're a shell of them for themselves. This is our year. And that's what they're going to start to preach in Dallas. Now, they've been preaching that in Dallas for a long time, and it hasn't worked. But if you watch Dallas today, you saw that that's a team that can get better from here. That's a team that can be extremely dangerous, extremely dangerous the rest of the way. That is a team that, honestly, could wind up right now. I, I, I don't know how you could make a case for anybody more than them in the NFC. And do I think they are, you know, in a class with the Eagles? No, I don't. So I think they would, I mean, in a class with the Chiefs? No, I don't. But they don't have to answer that question until Super Sunday. What they did today what they did today to the Vikings was absolutely scary. I mean, that was just a devastation. An out-and-out devastation. There's nothing else, I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. And they have in Parsons right now the best defensive player in the league. And they have a lot of other good ones. And guys who are getting better all the time. And in Pollard, they have found an explosive back who now is the man in the backfield. And he is an explosive player. And they're a lot healthier right now than the Giants are. And I'm not even going to give you what the Giants lineup's going to look like on Thursday because I can't even piece it together yet because uh, they got a lot of decisions to make. But it is going to be pieced together in the secondary, pieced together on the offensive line. Not hole at wide receiver. 
and banged up in a lot of spots. Coming off a loss to the Lions. Hey, the Lions elevated things for Thanksgiving Day because now the Lions have won three in a row. They got a little gas in their tank as they get ready to take on the Bills. And the Bills didn't look like world beaters against the Browns. They haven't looked like world beaters now for weeks, but they still took control of that game. And what Cleveland did was score two touchdowns that were meaningless in the last couple of minutes. The only thing you were holding your breath about it was whether or not Buffalo was going to cover the seven or seven and a half, whatever you laid in the game. They did holding on by them going for two that time before, but they got a couple of quickie touchdowns, which you knew they would because Buffalo has been giving those up all year. Once they got themselves a nice lead. But Dallas right now is coming into that Thanksgiving game, and it'll be interesting to see how much this line will adjust dramatically. What this line would have been on Friday versus what it will be now after what has happened on Sunday, the Giants losing badly at home to the Lions and being decimated while the Cowboys just destroy Minnesota in front of the world. So this line will probably have a four or five point swing in it based on everything that went on here in the last, you know, 48 hours. And it's hard to see the Giants being able to piece together four quarters right now against that Cowboy team. They're not as good as the Cowboys anyway. And now with as decimated, I mean, the Giants came away with depending on who you talk to, six to eight significant injuries today. Six to eight. I mean, that's a lot of guys. Not to mention what was going on with Gano, who is as dependable as, as they come. And word was that he wasn't going to kick today, this morning. I checked into it because I had him on my fantasy team. You know, we have like a family fantasy team. I, I, I had him on the team. So I wanted to know if he was going to kick today. The word this morning was he wasn't. And then he got no points today. Couldn't even make an extra point. So the Giants are beat up right now. And they're coming off a loss. That, that, that rare bad loss that they haven't had yet this year. And they're going into... Just a brutal part of the schedule. First, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Then Washington, which is red hot. One again today. Then the Eagles at home. Then Washington again. Then Minnesota. And then they close up in week 17. I know in week 18 they have the Eagles. I'm trying to remember who they have in 17. I'll look it up. Um, And next thing you know, they have played really 
an outrageous schedule down the stretch. So any way you cut it, you're talking about the Giants playing just a nasty, nasty schedule the rest of the way. And, you know, listen, you knew they were going to come back to earth. They have the Colts in week 17 and then the Eagles in in week 18. You knew they were going to come back to earth. And they are now a team, and they weren't a deep team to begin with. They had holes in a lot of places. They had covered those holes up with superb coaching this year. Their running game had been good. And now they are really banged up in a lot of spots. Especially the secondary and the offensive line. So that's where we are after a very, very pre-Thanksgiving Nasty Sunday. One that really took it on the chin. You know, it happens. It happens. There were games like this, but they did. They took it on the chin. And like we said, they came away really, really banged up. Outrageously banged up. Now, as far as the rest of the day goes, we told you there's three big games on Thanksgiving, and they're good ones. And they're good ones off today's games. Detroit keeps winning. When was the last time we thought about the Lions winning three games in a row? They're getting healthier. They're going to be spunky on Thanksgiving Day, and they get the Bills. Then you have the Giants and the Cowboys in the middle game in Dallas. And then the night game is New England at 6-4. and four. And I tell you, that's pretty good to have this New England team at 6-4. and four. Nobody else would have this New England team at 6-4. and four. Let's be honest. And they get a trip to Minnesota where the Vikings will be licking, licking the wounds that were absolutely just put on them today, the beating that was put on them today by the Cowboys. I mean, just an absolute... For a team to come in with that record and get beat up like that, wow. I mean, they really, really took a beating. But, you know, there, there are days like that. And to me, nothing's changed. The team that's in action tonight, the Chiefs, who are playing the Chargers right now, I think are still, still the class of the league still the best team in the league, and still the team to beat in the league as we hit the stretch, which is what we do uh, as we hit the Thanksgiving holiday. That's what we hit now is the stretch run uh, with this season and a very different season, obviously, with the changes that are going to be made as far as the playoffs go. Falcons won today. You know what? They've done a nice job. They're in every game. Bears At a 10-point lead, gave it up, lost 27-24, had the ball, got picked off, lose. The Bears are not a bad 3-8 team. The Falcons are not a bad 5-6 team. Bills, as we said, 31-23 over the Browns. Bills opened a big lead and then let the Browns get a couple of meaningless ones late. The Eagles come back 
And that was a tough one for the Colts. The Colts had their chances to put the Eagles away in this game. They didn't. They let them hang around. The Eagles got the ball. They were 16-10 down with the two-minute warning. They scored on fourth down. I mean, a fourth down, they got a first down, and then they scored. Hurts ran it in. They got the uh, extra point. They're ahead 17-16. They hold off the Colts and win it 17-16. So the Eagles go to 9-1 and with a one-point win over the Colts. The Rams fall to 3-7 and against the Saints. Saints are 4-7. and Neither team's going anywhere. The Ravens were anything but impressive, but they move uh, to another victory with a win over the uh, Panthers. Give Washington and Ron Rivera credit. They go to Houston. Would they have a letdown after their huge win over the Eagles? Nope. They're six and five now. So Washington is there at six and five, and they want to have a say in what's going to happen as far as the postseason goes. So give them credit. The Raiders always beat the Broncos. They don't beat anybody else this year, but they beat the Broncos, and they tied the game up, sent it to overtime, hit Devontae Adams, who is still amazing, in overtime uh, for a wide-open touchdown. And they go on to a win over the Broncos. Neither team's going anywhere this year. And the Bengals go to 6-4 th- uh, and four over the Steelers. And the Bengals are a team that, with a swashbuckling quarterback who doesn't mind if you sack him, doesn't mind if you beat him up, he gets up, keeps ticking, keeps throwing, keeps making plays, and his team is 6-4, and four, and I think you will see them in the postseason this year. So right now, as you hit the Thanksgiving holiday, you have an incredibly tight race in the AFC East. You have Kansas City in charge in the West. You have Baltimore and Cincinnati in charge, 1-2 in the North. And you have Tennessee completely in charge in the South. So right now, the wild cards, where the depth of the wild cards coming from is the East. In the NFC, ditto. Seattle has a lead over San Francisco. San Francisco is going to be heard from down the stretch. They play tomorrow night. Minnesota has, despite the loss today, has a big lead in the north. Tampa has a lead in the south, and it'll get larger. Nobody there is going to threaten them. And then your wild cards are going to come out of the NFC East. The AFC East and the NFC East are going to provide your wild card depth this year and your wild card tiebreakers and all that stuff. That's going to happen in the East and in the East this year. Where right now, everybody in both divisions has a winning record. That's where the strength is. And that's where the extra teams are going to come from and teams that are going to fight to the stretch and battle it out, they're going to come from there. And when you hit Thanksgiving and you come out of that Thanksgiving holiday, it is pedal to the metal in the NFL. You are in the stretch run. You are making your move now. It is the month of decision. It is late November, and now you, now you separate the men from the boys. 
And now all those early season surprises and, you know, trying to get a team jump started or injuries you may have had or, you know, figuring out whether there are teams for real or not. Well, you're going to find that out. And you're going to find it out for a team like the Giants, which got off 7-2. and two. Lost that game they didn't didn't want to lose at home against a winnable opponent. And now they get beat up and they got to go on the road and face a team that's already beaten them this year. And a team that doesn't match up, they don't match up well against. And the Giants have a lot of games. They got a game with the Cowboys, they got two with Washington, they have two with Philly. They got a lot of games in the division. And they have the toughest schedule in the league the rest of the way. There's no patsies left. There's no easy marks. A lot of tough, gritty football to be played. And Dable's going to get stretched here because he's got a he's got a patch. He doesn't have a lot of days to work with, and he's got to go on the road. Being the visitor on Thursday is. Always tough. Being the visitor on Thanksgiving is always very tough. But when you travel day and you got one day to figure things out, and when you have to make the kind of lineup changes they're going to have to make in key spots, that is very, very hard to do. No one ever told them it was going to be easy. And listen. The expectations have changed. You heard a smattering of booze today at different times. Because now, these folks are getting used to winning. They don't want to go back to those other days. They want to win. They want this stuff to continue. They're getting used to it. But it gets harder, not easier. A lot to do. And as I said, we will do our Football Friday podcast on Wednesday this week. It'll be up on Wednesday early so that you have it on Wednesday for Thanksgiving Day. So we'll have it then. And then we'll put something up for you probably late Friday or Saturday based on what happened over Thanksgiving you got a really big college game, which we'll get into. Ohio State and Michigan both struggled on Saturday. But both come into this game undefeated. Ohio State is going to be favoring. They deserve to be. Michigan's got some key injuries they got and suffered, and we don't know yet who's going to play there. We'll know that later in the week. We can discuss that on Friday, but hey, the game, and I always think the best rivalry in college sports is Ohio State-Michigan. There's no game like it, and you got a good one this year as both teams are undefeated and both have their eye on the prize. In a year where there will be no Alabama, and now there will be no Tennessee after they gave up 63 points. As a 22-point favorite, gave up 63 points in South Carolina. Ouch. We'll see you later in the week. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.